Recording Trail of Five Scotland, you're listening to Films and Swearing, a movie podcast with your hosts, Stuart Sutherland and Magic Mike Christie. Yo. Hello and welcome to episode 218 of the Films and Swearing movie podcast. It is IMDB season and today we will be... So I had a total mind fart there. It's a 218 Hacksaw Ridge. And I thought, wait, is 218 the episode or the IMDB rank? Uh, um, I'll, uh, You could look up the rank for me, but yes, it is. I'm certain it is episode 218. Ah, uh, yeah, because the poll we put up is for episode 219. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'm just being fucking daft as usual. So, uh, we're back after like a week off of everyone's kids getting fucking chicken pox. For some yeah. reason, it goes around again. Children could get it multiple times now. Mm. Who knows? It's more. Someone at my work said it's it's a more aggressive, mutated chicken pox. And it's like, uh, it's just chicken pox, man. Uh, the rank for it is 178. Ah, because that's it. We are eventually working our way up to the number one spot. Through what we, we drew out of a, yeah. a hat back in December. January. So, now I think we're... To be honest, I've not planned to talk about this, but it's going to happen in the sense that with us doing our group reviews on like every other episode, on, on I guess, the odd episodes rather than even episodes, we're going to run out of group reviews... Because I know we still have about, uh, let's say, seven um, films that we're going to review as a group yeah. left. And for the the individual, individual reviews, we've got enough to do the next two episodes. Right. I think when we originally planned it, it was, it was me and myself, you and I yeah. doing them. And knew that we've managed to get Andy back into the into the show we're, we're increasing the amount of films we're reviewing yeah. so we're tearing through the, the individual ones a lot quicker Yeah. so I'm not sure if we just do our individual group individual and then just group 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 where we all just do the same film because we've fired through our individual ones or do we pull in more individual ones but does that then become too overbearing because at that point we'll be doing more than 25. Yeah. And I mean, would, I take it we're still on course for... Eh, we could be, because really we were just, I think by the time it finished, we were into the start of like an early summer, maybe like June. Yeah. So then that would have been like a decade season yeah. for summer. But, um, I mean, we could chop and change it as we go, like... We've had maybe two weeks off so far this year just because either scheduling's all to pot because I think Prisoners recorded late and this is Hacksaw Ridge recording uh, later than previously yeah. advertised. Yeah. So there'll be some flip-flopping about, but I think we're still on course. There's nothing yeah. major. I mean, if we're, if we're finished early, we could like, just then, chuck in like an odd like, yes. season, like a quick and four-week one. I'm sending really... I'm not sending clear. You know what I mean? Right. Um, 
Um, aye, so what were we about, about being finished early? Um, aye, I think what I forgot to mention is obviously we're going to do the IMDb season, but we also want to slip in an additional IMDb entry with the release of Avengers Endgame. Yeah. So we're going to do uh, Infinity War uh, you were saying that day. review. Yeah. An Infinity War review and then uh, Endgame sort of like preview. Free, uh... Aye, sort of like let's talk before seeing it and then maybe on the follow-up episode after seeing it. Yeah. If it meets our expectations and all that. So there's still going to be a fair chunk of IMDb movies. But if we finish too soon for for our summer season, we could probably f- easily come up with another four-week season yeah. whether we, we just talk about a director. Uh, um, I was looking through like films that I've seen, films that I've not seen. Like, I quite like to tackle like Coen Brothers or mm-hmm. like Spielberg. Yeah. Some of his other films. Aye. And that's it. We've said before, we've never touched any Edgar Wright films. Yeah. We could probably finish Kevin Smith because I think we've tackled most there's probably four that we haven't uh, uh, off the top of my head I would think Clerks 2 um, Yoga Hosers Jersey Girl Red State so and there's probably I think there's more but yeah so Jason Amy so there is a handful of his films but we, we could Leave it to like Twitter to decide, or Aye. or if a better idea comes up before, then roll with that. Mm. So yeah, that's a, a peek behind the curtain for when it comes to our scheduling. But a, f- a fair few folk have died yeah. since our last recording. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, I think some of the big ones was obviously Keith Flint from Prodigy. Whilst he was never really an actor, his music. Let's see, he had, I think, 30 credits on IMDb. And for the most of it, it was really... Actually, no, sorry, it was 30 credits alone for the song Firestarter. That's been used in a fair few... Everything from uh, Condemned, or The Condemned, starring Steve Austin. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Hall Pass with Jason Sudeikis and Owen Wilson. I can't... I remember the film, I just can't remember that being used. I think, aye, I can't mind either. What? You don't need to tell me, just go pee. Little bastard. (laughs) Um, It was used on three episodes of EastEnders. And one of the most recent ones was Cinemassacre's Top 15 Movies Where People Fucking Burn to Death. Alright. I I could only guess that's like, like a YouTube show or a YouTube uh, channel. It seems really obscure to have a fucking something cried that. Yeah. So. And uh, Luke Perry. I uh, know, same same day. Oh, it was, wasn't it? Aye, it was like a... Because we knew he was ill. He took a stroke and it was like two days later or something. He died from, yeah. from it. So obviously he's... Uh, I mean, I've never really watched that. I never watched Beverly Hills 90210. Nah. Like, the was... only film I really remember him in was when he was in the Buffy 
film for the early 90s. I've never seen that, but that is one of his top four on IMDb. Uh, it's an alright film. I mean, you've got Rutger Howard playing like the villain. Donald Sullivan plays like the like Giles sort of yeah. character. So we, I can't remember who was actually Buffy in it. Uh, oh, what's her name? Is she still acting today? I don't know. Oh, what's her fucking name? I can't mind. But uh, <clears throat> one of the other villains who was like Rutger Howard's like right behind man was um, a <clears throat> uh, Pee Wee Herman. Aye. Uh, yeah. Uh, David fucking Arquette had an early role in the film as well. <laughs> I can't remember who. No, that's the way. Oh, well. Uh, so, uh, his other ones on IMDb, obviously, Beverly Hills, 90210. Fifth Element, he had a role? Oh, fuck, I so he did. I can't I've mind. not seen that film in a dog's age. Yep. And uh, another film cried eight seconds. But, does it ring a bell? I think... He was most recently, I know he was a cast member in uh, Riverdale. Ah, yeah. So that's on Netflix. production because of it. Mm -hmm. So, and of course, like, I don't know if this is fucking a curse now, but he was also in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Aye. So, that's him and Big Bert. No, there's no, there's no really, there's there's nothing come out saying that, like, the film, like, the filming or... Aye, it's, it. IMDb have it uh, listed as post-production, so that must mean it, it, it's finished. Yeah, so his part must already be filmed, I'd imagined. Yeah. Whereas when Burt Reynolds died, it was prior to him. Yeah, and filming that's the cast. Um, Bruce, Bruce Dern. Yeah. So, uh, King Kong Bundy. Yeah. WWF <clears throat> wrestler. Um, his credits was think like really minimal. It was obviously. Was WWF uh, a movie with Richard Pryor cried moving? Never seen it. And uh, a couple of appearances in Married with Children. Alright. So, and I, I think where I saw it, there was like something on Twitter. Supposedly the two families in Married with Children were named after wrestlers. I will say it's Ted Bundy. Ah, and Alban. And then the neighbours is the Rhodes. Ah, I know Rhodes. Ah, me either. It was like. So I reckon if it was just one of the fucking the, the creators was a fucking fan of the wrestling, but and I think the only other one because those were all like in a space of twenty four hours. Ooh, like, yeah. both of those were say Monday, and I think King Kong Monday was a uh, like Tuesday morning uh, when that broke. <clears throat> but at the weekend, uh, Jan Michael Vincent, star uh, of Airwolf. Airwolf and The Winds of War. Uh, died at the age of 74 yeah. Airwolf I don't think that's something I've ever seen possibly I've faint memories maybe Saturday afternoons on ITV uh, it was around the time when you got like uh, the A-team gladiators and all that it was like a Saturday night London aye uh, he was nominated for a Golden Globe for the 1971 film Going Home but to be honest I've n- never yeah. Well, I think I remember him for his airwolf. Now, I'm, I am scrolling through BBC News, and like I, I never had the details about Vincent. I only had the details about those three guys dying last week because that's what we were talking about last week. But this yeah. one, 
scrolling on BBC News, there's a sentence here that reads, Vincent died on the 10th of February, according to his death certificate. So this boy's been dead over a month. Mm. Alright. Surely not. Surely not. So, uh, does it get to the point where people just fall off the radar that no one's going around asking for them, or... Or it's only... Because remember, we died last year, and it was not the... Is that something good day? Frank, uh, Frank, no, Frank, Frank Double good, Day. Frank Double Day. And it was like it wasn't until his wife posted it on Facebook like a month later. Yeah. That he died. And it's like what okay, why are you holding on to this shit? Uh. So before we get to the quiz, I'm gonna see what my chatty children are up to because I could hear them. The wee cunts are playing in the bathroom. Is that what that noise is? Aye. I just think it's fun to just sit and fucking have a piss or like one sitting on the potty one sitting on the pan hearing a talk like <laughs> just get your fucking bed mm. right so let's do the film quiz we've pre-selected some cards as usual it's just last man standing first person to get wrong yeah it's over yep so there's only two of us hopefully it won't take 45 minutes this time. Yeah. So. Um, just pick a card and call it out to me. Oh. Alright. Comedy. In which Coen Brothers movie does Jeff Bridges star as the dude? <laughs> I thought it was going to be something. <laughs> like, I was like, I expect to fail in all these now, but obviously that is the... Lebowski. Yeah. When that started, you said Cohen Brothers, Jeff Bridges, and for some reason, True Grit was the first thing that jumped up. Ah, right. But it was a comedy. So, uh, I'll match you, I'll go comedy. Meryl Streep and Amy Adams play a chef and a blogger in which movie? Oh, no. Nah, beat me. Julie and Julia. Alright. Now if Andy was sitting there, Andy's jaw would be on the fucking floor. Yes. <laughs> uh, do you want to read the, the actions just for the fun of it? Yeah, I will then. Okay. Which former Cheers actor stars in 2017's War for the Planet of the Apes? Uh, Woody Harrelson. Ding, ding. Uh, who plays astronaut stranded on Mars in The Martian? My day, man. Mm. Oh, well, that was a fairly tame one. Ah. But I, I would have failed at Julia and Julia. Like, yeah. Julie and Julia. I would have said the same name twice because I, I, I thought that's what I was cried. Julie and Julie or Julia and Julia. Uh-huh. But, nah. Can't say I've ever seen that one. Nope. I remember it when it came out in the poster, but nope. So... On to the film. Hacksaw Ridge from 2016 from director Mel Gibson. Mm. I'll say, fucking, is, is Mel Gibson? Do we need to explain who this is? Yeah. So his IMDb top four obviously is Braveheart, Lethal Weapon 3, Ransom, and Signs. Really? Signs? Mm. 
Yeah, I guess that that's sort of like a, a somewhat revival. You know how M Night Shyamalan kind of had that touch for a moment. Yeah, Six Sense kind of made Bruce Willis hot for a minute. Yeah. Then unbreakable. Yeah, what's the John Travolta one? Did they do a film with Travolta? No, no. I think why the fuck I'm thinking that. I'm thinking Pulp Fiction. All right. Aye, Tarantino made John Travolta hot again, um, and obviously, I guess that was kind of a bump because Mel Gibson was kind of going into obscurity at that point. Yeah, because he made um, Passion in the Christ. Yes, and that's and then he got caught. Remember, he didn't get caught, but he got done for um, no sugar tits and anti-Semitic comments or something. Aye, yeah. Aye, he was in Hollywood jail for a while. Yeah. For a long time. And he kind of like drifted off the fucking map. Mm hmm. And it was like he went properly crazy. And. Because wasn't it when he got cast as like the bad guy in the Expendables? It's like, holy shit. Yeah. They're, they're bringing him back. Kind of like the, like the resurgence. Exactly. So, and then this this followed shortly after. Yeah. I mean, he's got. Um... He's going to be in a new film this year as well, alongside Vince Vaughn from the guy that made that brawl in Zellblot '99. Yes, Dracula's Concrete. It's like a mm-hmm. a gritty, like buddy cop film, and it's like it kind of looks almost kind of like on par to Lisa Wetham. because Gibson's playing like the old, fucking withered like, guy, and that. Yeah, and, uh, Vaughn's like the young, fucking like no, no. In comparison to, to Gibson, I. I did see the trailer and there was at like one right. point that they were putting on fucking bulletproof armor for something like they're putting on masks and like it looks like it could be messy because it looks like there's a lot of gunplay going on in that trailer. Yeah. And I've still no touch fucking went a brawl and cell block uh, ninety nine, but I've yeah. it's violent, isn't it? Ah, uh, it's, it's pretty fucking grim. It's, it's like I was pleasantly surprised at how good it was. It's the Bone Tomahawk director, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, that's that. Can't remember so. his name, but um, like I, I, when I went into it, I thought it was just going to be a generic ninety-minute prison film. Mm-hmm. That's like on for like two hours and fifteen. It takes like an hour and ten for him to go into prison. Aye, and then it's just fucking madness. Yeah, and, and it's like some proper. Gnarly stuff going on that like. Uh, I'll get to it. I, I think if it's still streaming, but I think it might be on now TV. Yeah. So the cast of Hacksaw Ridge includes Andrew Garfield as Desmond Dawes, Hugo Weaving as Tom Dawes, Rachel Griffiths as Bertha Dawes, Teresa Palmer as Dorothy Scuttle or Shulet, and Nathaniel Bolslick. As uh, Harold Hal Dawes, Vince Vaughn as Sergeant Hal, Sam Worthington as Captain Glover, Milo Gibson as Lucky Ford, uh, Fris Durrani as uh, Vito Rinelli, Michael Shesby as Tex Lewis, Luke Pegler as Hollywood Zane, uh, Ben Midgay as uh, Grease Nolan, Luke Bracey as Smitty Riker, uh, Nico Cortez as Walt Kaminsky, uh, Goron G. Clute as Ghoul, and Ben O'Toole as Colonel Jessup. And a whole lick of Japanese folk. Mm. Mike, what is the plot to Hacksaw Ridge? 
Uh, so the plot of Hearts of Ridge uh, is the true story in Desmond Doss and how he received the Congressional Medal of Honour for saving 75 men single-handedly during the war without bearing arms. And that's it. Yeah. In a fucking nutshell. Uh, Mike, was this your first time watching it? It was. What did you think? Uh, I actually quite enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a very different war film, if you will. Yes. I'd, that's probably what makes it stand out. Because I don't want to say, like, we've seen all the war films. Yeah, because we've not. Mm-hmm. Like, or, like, all the stories have been told. Whereas yeah. you're just thinking, it's Listen just... To Andy. <laughs> in the car back in the day. Uh, like all the fucking shit about uh, saving private Ryan like you just look at films now and think it's just gonna be a clone yeah. of this and a clone of that, but yeah, this film kinda surprised me as well. Yeah. It was my a first time watch for me too, so I was glad that we got to cover it and yeah, I felt it took a wee bit to get going, but when it fucking kicked off it was good. You yeah. could tell it feels like a very polished war movie, like, or maybe like it's a proper Hollywood war movie. Like, mm. If you want to compare it to Saving Private Ryan, Saving Private Ryan ha- cinematography is far grittier and realistic, whereas this looks quite colourful and like cinematography yeah. has all been very well touched up and it looks very shiny. But they all don't like everything. Doesn't need to be Saving Private Ryan. Nah. And the whole fact that this story of Desmond Dawes is so fucking unique, I'm glad it's like one of these films that got made because it's fucking genuinely interesting to know that yeah. someone managed to do, like, I accomplish. Know. It's like also like, like when you when you think about it, it's actually a true story. Yes, it just makes it that mere like. I'm trying to think of the word. You fucking you could appreciate it tenfold uh, when you find it out. Because at some point you're just thinking, man, this is a bit over the top, or they're repeating themselves here, but when it cuts to the end of the movie and they've got interviews with a guy from like 2003 or 2006, and it's like he just, re- it's as if he's reading off lines from the film, but it's not, it's fucking moments from his life yeah. that they've they've replicated, so it's a fucking outstanding story, and it's just the the thought of Hacksaw Ridge itself, the fact that, right, World War Two is bad enough, but let's start off by climbing, like, this fucking, uh, what's it, like a, uh, like a netted ladder, Aye. Uh, up the fucking side of a cliff, then go to war, and it's just like, what? Yeah. So, aye, it is, it's definitely like, whilst it's a good story, the fact that it's a true story, just fucking... Makes it an amazing, yeah. And it's like you're almost getting like two different. Like you're getting like two films in one because you're getting the first like part of the film, which is almost like your typical like courtroom, like drama sort of thing. Yes, aye. And then you get on to um, like actually being like in the war. Aye, because that's a, we pretty much follow the life of Desmond Dawes from the minute he was like a kid. His kid, we get to see his home life. No, back to bed. And then, like him, they develop his first love, uh, and then just war happens, and he fucking takes it upon himself to sign up and go ahead, like because it is him, his brother, his brother, 
And it's funny because it's not funny, but you see how wars affected his family already. Yeah, in the his fact. dad was in the war. Yeah, like Hugo Weaving. Aye, with a, like a southern accent. Aye, it was funny to see Hugo Weaving in it. Part of me was in two minds, like whether he was really pulling off this accent or not. Yeah. Um, but when it came to like the courtroom scene, I felt like he'd done really well. Hmm. But it just kind of shows you the like the the better reality of war, the fact that he went saved his time and what's come back is someone that's obviously struggling to cope with what he's seen. So relies on drink. Let's the bear and fucking scalp fuck at each other. I'm glad he stepped in when, like, Desmond malked his brother with a brick. Aye. Like, thankfully, he said, right, okay, let's... <laughs> Taking it too far there. Because <clears throat> he says, someone's like, like, why are you not stopping? He's like, well, I'm going to give one of them a whipping, so I may as well let one do the other. <laughs> and then the winner gets a whipping. <laughs> but then you get, like, the more intense scenes later where... It's the whole reasoning behind Desmond and how he doesn't want to touch a gun. Because yeah. the only time he did touch a gun, he was fucking pointing at his dad. And his fucking yeah. Hugo Weaving's character was <clears throat> screaming from the fucking pull the trigger. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, there is like a massive. That's like obviously one of the big parts of the film is like, like religiousness and stuff like that. Yes. And it's like for the minute he like clocked his brother with that like brick or whatever it was, like just like the looky fear when he went into the mirror. Aye. And seeing the wee bit about like like thou shalt not kill and stuff exactly. And, like obviously feels that they sh- can like he'll know like touch like a, a weapon at all. Aye, because that's it's not to him to take a life. And yeah, yeah it, if I think at that point, if it wasn't for being a true story, it could come across as preachy. Mm. Because it like even the fucking ending shot of this film as he's been lowered down hacksaw ridge. And it's like the lights of heaven shining on him, and it's like at that point, it's like man, like the religious overtones are overbearing at this point. But yeah. part of me is also maybe that's just when the morphine kicked in. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's fucking all lights up and he's got what's the fucking song? Um, Spirit in the sky playing in the background as he's just floating, <laughs> half his face on morphine. But the film's got a whole fucking rake of characters. Which uh, does make it quite interesting. Yeah, like, the boys in his barrack. I'm glad you kind of they spent some time on those guys. Like you got to see who all, like all the characters was. Uh, you got like your introduction and like his natural born enemy was like Smitty. Like we just looked at him and was like, "Fucking Dodge doesn't belong here." Yeah, and you could tell, and then like. The the absurdness of fucking uh, Hollywood. Ah, I mean, it's like doing the pull-ups, like, Just in the scud. Just waving his junk in people's face. And you've got, like, like a pair of card sharks. You've got uh, a guy reading, like, a fucking nudie magazine. And that is Lucky Ford, who, when doing the, the notes for this, uh, Milo Gibson. Ah, it's so, son. I, I, I just assumed that I was his son. And you could tell with some of the fucking expressions... It is where he kind of just gives him a heads up, and he's he lasts quite long in like the the battalion. You can see yeah. him quite a lot towards the end of the film, but it's no until fucking Vince Vaughn comes in, like yeah. Vince, and I mean, like I'll let you finish actually. I'm just saying, Vince Vaughn as a fucking drill instructor was surprisingly good casting. Yeah, like he 
almost. I wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't say almost, but he was. He done quite good because he reminded me of Arlie Emery yeah. in the Full Metal Jacket, mm-hmm. and I just the way that he talked and stuff, and it was like when he went and spoke, spoke to the character Andy Walker. I know. Um, I wished he was here for this. Um, and it was just like also rattling off like all these like fucking names and stuff. Yeah. And taking the the piss out of the, obviously, they they play like the long game. They just ignore Hollywood. The fact that he's in the scud, like naturally think well, that's the first person you should stop at and go. Where the fuck are your clothes? Yeah. But walks past him, talks to Ghoul. Talks when to, he speaks to is it the the Mexican guy who thinks he's like fucking part Indian? Yes, and he's he starts like, him like an Indian. Uh, fucking, he's like, like I'm cult. Polish, sir. He's like, I do not think so. I think you're part Cherokee. It's like, what is your spirit animal? It's like, what? It's like, are you a grass, like a fucking, like grass snake or, uh, and then it's like a Cheshire cat. It's like, no, sir. And he just fucking gets him the day the fucking, oh, what, 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 what? Like, yeah. going from Polish to full on Indian. And he says, I will call you Jesus as a sign of respect to your people. And he's like, thank you, sir. And <laughs> fucking does his hee haw on it all because it's just so daft. Uh, what was the nickname he called him? Like Cornstalk? I can't mind. Because he was, they all credit him like fucking Beanpole because he's just this lanky kid. Skinny guy, yeah. Exactly. But um, it's the fucking Smitty with the fucking knife in his foot. Oh, uh, yeah. And it's like, what's wrong with you? You look like you're in pain, sir. And he's saying something. He's like, is it the crease in your trousers? He's like, no, sir. He's like, what is it? There's a knife in my foot. <laughs> and it's when he says to him it's like how did it get there or it's like did you put the knife there and he's uh, like he was not men who done it and he's like well I'm glad to see that you did not do this yourself <laughs> and it's when he gets him to fucking pull the knife out and he's like lift your leg uh, it's good I do like a good um, drill sergeant barracks scene it, I think and if it's like, yeah. It must have been something that happened in the day because every fucking film it uh, seems to be a standard. Because you got one in Forrest Gump. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the famous one for Full Metal Jacket. It, it seems like it. I'm trying it, to think if there was one in Platoon. I've uh, not seen the film me in ages to remember. Yeah. And that's it. If you're making a war movie, you feel like you need a drill instructor who just spends 10 minutes tearing the recruits and you are whole. Mm. And then you just get your fucking montage of make me into a soldier and you go through fucking some shit. And it's where they're all outside doing the bonots and fucking Hollywood's still on the scuds. Ah, it's where he dives into the fucking muddy water crawling ah, under the net. still on the fucking that. scuds. Because it's great when they're all going around inside you're putting trousers on and like, no, sir. Oh, no, there's like, they fucking stopping them and like, Private, if you're so fucking proud of yourself, you shouldn't have no problem about standing outside. Now... Stop covering your privates. Get outside, private. And, and it just it, Vince Vaughn doesn't play it to comedic effect, but he's still quite funny in his uh, delivery. And even like his wee second in command, does I tell him to get dressed? Like I don't have a memory of that, sir. Like there's just no sense of humour between yeah. the pair of them. But I do like the confrontation between uh, Dawes and Smitty. Like just because. Like, he's a cunt. He does not like Dawes. He shouldn't be there. And it becomes more obvious when when it comes to, like, the rifle training. Aye. And he what doesn't take it, it. What was, like, his... 
Like what was Doss's later? Is like a a conscientious objective or something. Aye, but he he puts a spin on it. He's not objecting. He's doing it differently. A conscientious uh, something else. But because he's not he's not to object about taking lives. He's just person doesn't want to do it. He wants to save lives, and they put a really good spin on it where it's like. I'll be in there with everyone else and I'm just there to patch them up, send them on their way. And it's like, I'm not standing at the sidelines with my fucking arms crossed getting yeah. all huffy about it. He's still a fucking team player, but he's just not holding a gun whilst he's doing it. And it is, it's one of these kind of heartwarming things where he has a lot to overcome. Like those scenes where fucking Smitty takes the piss out of him. He, he gets jumped at night, night and it's, things like that are fucking brutal to watch and you're just thinking like it's obvious war's a fucking terrible thing but the going there is like even your own people are against you to the point where it's like the day after is fucking vicious beating like even Vince Vaughn's character has dropped all all his defence It's like son nobody wants to see you like this go mm. on just grab your coat and I'll walk you out and we'll just dismiss you like it's no worth it uh, and, but he's just stubborn he's just fucking he's like, nah, I've got fucking what's it double guard duty I've got to clean the toilet because Sam Worthington's character uh, is all just let's find a way to fucking just uh, push him out him. Yeah. Uh, just have him clean the toilets every day and do the double duty and but it is it's when they start punishing the other recruits like the other privates when they say wait all you have to run 10 miles and none of you are getting out this weekend and you could all thank Dawes. And you're like, oh, Like, you just... It makes you think back to Full Metal Jacket uh. with uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's character where they're all battering him at night with not like bars of soap and pillowcases. Uh. And you're just thinking just those fucking horrible scenes. But this one, they just fucking pull the bed out from under him and all start scalping him. And the surprising thing is uh, Smitty isn't one of the guys doing it. Yeah. You would think he's one of the guys orchestrating the attack. Mm. But I think the big theme of the film is that in stages, at the start, everyone's against Dawes. And then he does something to fucking change folks' mind. Like, I feel it was a common theme between folks. Like, it's like I had you pegged wrong. Or, like, don't judge a book by its cover. Like, Smitty, like, when they were on the battlefield... And fucking yeah. Dawes jumps on the guy and Smitty manages to kill him. And it's the littlest look where Smitty just kind of done the subtle nod or twitch of his eyes. Where it's like, right, we're cool, we're even now, I'm, I'm on your side. Like, you're no a fucking problem, you're, you're fucking yeah. good. The same way even Sam Worthington's character, he... Ah, it's kind of like... They all come around to being on the same side of Dawes eventually. Yeah. But, hey, let's see, let's have a look at the notes. But then it's say like also before like the like when the guys should get put into the, into the battlefield and, that, and that's when he's when they're going to be getting like signed out for the weekend. Yes. And then it comes to the whole thing where he's not going to get out because he's no he's no completed his rifle training. training and stuff. Aye. And then also the court martial him. I know. Just in that scene where like another dude comes in, it's, it's like another like up upper boy. Exactly. And they're all queuing up because it's like at this point they're all good pals now. Dawes is somewhat accepted in the group, and Vince Vaughn's standing inside eating a fucking apple. And it's right if any of you boys are going swimming this weekend, remember put a hat on. I don't want any of you guys pissing cream when you come back. 
And you're just like, oh, shit. <laughs> and they're all fucking having jokes about, what, you're taking your coffee one lump or two? And then it is it when this fucking serious old bald dude comes in, even fucking Vince Vaughn stands to attention. Uh. And you're just thinking, come on, dogs. Like, they're... I wasn't in favour of him to pick up a gun, but I was like, let the boy just be on his way. And it is just like they're deliberately there just to fucking spoil his fun, drive him like out of the army. But it's, it's they did it on the fucking day of his wedding as well. Bye. And you're just thinking, man, it almost feels like a fucking Hollywood story because it's just like of today of all days, you'd fucking try and hold me back, and you, they put him into prison. Yeah. And so that wee moment of madness where he like unleashes on the fucking brick wall. Ah, he just fucking... It does. He just fucking... Fists of Fury batters fuck at the fucking door, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, that's the only time you see him like let off some steam. Aye. Uh, the... How would you say they handled the... His romantic subplot? Do you feel it went... Did you say it was rushed? Because kind of got one date and then like he was uh, proposing to her. Whereas I can like maybe in actual fact that's how it happened. But it seems like you won her over awfully quick for being like a a Forrest Gump like yokel in hospital. Yeah. To giving her a cheeky snog outside the cinema. Mm. And I mean, obviously because he was like religious as well. Yeah. Kind of makes you wonder like, like was it put on like as quick? Aye. And it's funny because they do point it out. There's like that great moment where him and Smitty are in the, the trench and he's looking at his Bible and he says, you know, like you've got a smoking hot girlfriend. You're punching well out of your league. And he's like, I just didn't tell her that. And he's like, she'd do a lot better with a guy like me. And he makes that fucking comment aye until she gets to know you. And it's, it's, like, it's the point where it's like, right, they've gotten past being like dicks to each other. And they like their the brothers in arms, but I think he even kind of got like that wee uh, twelve rated uh, sex scene where it was like after the marriage, and they're in the bedroom together. Aye, aye, the very safe looking sex scene, but um, trying to think, is there anything else before you kind of get to the war? There's not really much. It is. Like we've talked about the the guys in the barracks, Vince Vaughn, Sam Worthington, the the whole court martial stuff because it was good to see that Hugo Weaving's character felt like he was driven to the purpose of putting on the old uniform, calling in a favour yeah. from one of his old fucking comrades. Uh, well, somebody that he was in the war, in the trenches with. Yeah. To write a letter and it was enough for the fucking the the high ranking officer to fucking withdraw his his claim. Yeah. So the film does have really quite a lot of uh, like rewarding moments. Yeah. Whereas he gets a lot of obstacles but there's always something that helps that he manages to overcome. Whether it was his dad and he can put down the bottle for one day, put the old suit because he looks like death. Mm. He just looked like a fucking corpse that had been left out in the sun. Because he just didn't look like he could have died any minute. And I mean, at this, at this point as well, like, like Hugh Weaving's well in his, what, I guess very late 50s maybe, because, yes. what, Matrix came out 20 years ago, so he must have been 
in his thirties around that point. Aye, mid to late, but yeah. So he is getting a, a, a good age, and almost at one point at the start, I thought it was Sam Neil. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got like that look, but Sam Neil's looking fucking old, old now. Aye, like last time I seen him, he had a big old bushy beard and Peter Rabbit. Mm. So he just Hugo Weaving's growing into Sam Neil. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, what did you think? Because that's a, we, we'll have to talk about the 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 war scenes now. What did you think of the fucking violence? Um, because to me that fucking surprised me how violent, like flinchingly violent, it was when you seen bullets tearing holes in people's faces. It was obviously like you got the whole like ambush mm-hmm. with the like the, the dead. Like corpse were kind of like like lying on or looking at, yeah, and it kind of sap it. It was just a noise. They like the turret gun for the aye the bunker made. Um, but aye, there was. I mean, it's it's a common trope in like war films nowadays. There's always like fucking like some horrendous like bit of violence. Obviously, mm. and Stephen Private Ryan like takes the fucking cake for it because there's um a shit ton yeah of, like bloodshed and stuff. Um. Mm. Uh, what I noticed of this film, every time a bomb went off, next time you seen the person, their lower body was like fucking mincemeat. Yeah. Like it was the amount of times you've seen fucking Desmond have to tie off folks' legs because they're losing blood because there was nothing left. It was bloody rags and just bits of flesh. Yeah. And all the doctors doing the triers are no, no, he's not going to make it. But you get that side where like the person that's still alive is like, don't just fucking write me off. I've got kids, please. Mm. And it's not so simple as getting them off a battlefield, it's the fact that you have to then lower them down the ridge. Aye. Um, I mean, like, obviously, like, when flamethrowers come into play as well. Oh, and yeah. I, like, mind you, it's, it's maybe not as bad as like, I always remember this scene for, oh, there was a war film that Mel Gibson was in in the early 2000s. I can't remember the fucking name yet. We Were Soldiers? Aye, that's or it. We Are Soldiers. Aye. And... <clears throat> there's like a scene where I think I think it's to do with the Vietnam War, <clears throat> but um, there's like the use of napalm, mm-hmm. and there's a fucking scene in the film where like, the napalm goes off, and I always remember because it, it always fucking like just made my skin crawl, and it's like it's like a guy, it's like a I reckon if he's a medical one or one of the newbies in the team, mm-hmm. and it's a guy like alive but it's kind of like burnt and like goes yeah. to like pick him up, like by the feet. And, and like his skin just fucking like falls off. Oh fuck! And it's just nothing but bone and all that. And it just oh. always, always makes my fucking skin crawl. Like you've seen I, that. It's not a pretty visual. Nah. And then you see him like on the fucking like chopper, and like, like completely like fucking it's like almost like hot like one half of him is completely burnt. Aye. And it's fucking Shit. horrible. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like some of the gunshots and all that are like. Because there's like some proper like fucking like heavy like machinery that I'm using in it. Yeah. I I quite like the scene when a uh, Smitty kind of runs in just like hip firing a like big massive like fucking LMG and that, and it's just yeah. Like like you're saying, it's like playing like fucking a computer game. You just see the holes flying through people. Mm-hmm. I it's one where I think it was a a Japanese being shot, but they had the like the the helmet on. But it looked like a fucking cap popped at the helmet. It was like a tin can being popped aye, open. It's always that and the noise. Blood. Aye. Because it's like when you watch, um, oh, it's a scene on 
the opening scene of Saving Private Ryan when they're on the boat going into the beaches of Normandy. Yeah. And like a sniper hits a boy in the helmet. And he takes and off. And he takes off and he's like, oh, I'm lucky. And then fucking bang. Aye. Away he goes his head. And this has a similar scene when uh, Dawes is trying to get to Vince Vaughn. And there's like a sniper hidden in... The trees, aye. Aye. And they're just like, you get one like, ting, and you just see the fucking big scratch mark on the helmet, and he takes off, and I'm like, no, you're going to get safe and private Ryan, Diddy, uh, stay down. Again, you've got a big head of luscious hair, but still. Uh, and it was, it was funny to see, like, Vince Vaughn go into battle with all his recruits. Like, even Sam Worthington, like, it was like they were all in it together. Yeah. So when they were in there, and it was just the bits where it's like we've grown to know these characters for maybe the last half hour, maybe forty five minutes at the most. And then when you see them starting getting fucking torn apart on the battlefield, you're like, No fucking Hollywood taking it to the cheek. Yeah. Getting his face torn up, um ghoul getting like when they had that show where he had the satchel to go take out the turret tower and he gets caught in an explosion, you just think he's dead. Yeah. But it comes back to, there's that great scene where uh, Dawes is like, like making sure he's okay. He's like, what's your name? He's like, Andy Walker. He's like, yeah, but what do they call you? Like, cool. He's like, you're fine, buddy. Because <laughs> Andrew Garfield's got a wee accent going on here. Like, I think it's like a bit of a southern drawl. Yeah. And it, honestly, it makes me think I'm watching Forrest Gump at times. But when you see the guy talking at the end, you can tell he's got like this camp southern accent as well. Yeah. So, but I quite liked some of the like the action scenes, and I like also that whole bit with the satchel where um, uh, Smitty fucking like goes for like, like goes for like hole to hole, aye, and like chucks the satchel in it, and it completely obliterates the fucking yeah, like the wee turret thing. At times, I felt like it was almost there was felt like I was watching a three D movie because every time there was a big smoke cloud, it was like debris was flying towards the camera. You were mm. seeing like fucking buildings blowing up and at one point like limbs were flying towards the lens I wouldn't say as bad as like an 80s horror yeah. but every time there was a big fucking explosion like chunks were being chucked towards the camera yeah, like I always like I've always found watching like war films to be quite interesting especially with like, like battlefield scenes mm-hmm. like how how they film it and stuff like that yeah. like what all goes into it right, are you going to have a lot of shaky cam like is the cinematography yeah. and then how do you make yours look you different? Because like, you get like all the aerial shots and stuff. Aye. Like when they're calling in airstrikes and stuff like that. And it's always kind of wonder ones like, like, like what actually goes into the process of them doing this. Yeah. And how yeah. they're able to pull it off. Aye. Cause that's, it can't just be fucking 90 fucking on a battlefield running each other screaming like fucking Braveheart. Like the actual preparation. And then you see them on the fucking the big ass phones talking to the airships, uh, the, the battleships and... Yeah. For the airstrikes, and it was, um, fuck, I've lost my train of thought. The the they see the whole in and out of the Japanese side of it as well. The fact on the battlefield that they've got all these underground tunnels, yeah, where you get to see like they're no coping as well as like they're in it as bad as like the Americans like when Dawes ends up in one of their underground tunnels and he finds a fucking soldier but he's he's done a David Carradine and he's fucking hanging for the ceiling <laughs> I mean, he's, he might not have his bobby out but uh, it was a bit much for him and it was 
that that moment where you think are they they pushing it where there's a bunch of Japanese soldiers all run for the tunnels and Dawes just sticks to the shadows hmm. just to fucking avoid being seen. I did like the moment where he had he came across one fucking petrified Japanese soldier. Aye, they helped him. Aye, and it kind of just shows you what kind of character he was. It wasn't yeah. a case of they all like they're on the opposite side. Yeah. I, it's like, I said I wouldn't use guns, but I never said anything about my hands. And he just strangles the Japanese <laughs> guy to death in the tunnel. Like, shh. <laughs> You're going to meet Jesus. It's all good. Shh. <laughs> Sitting greeting about his dad. Yeah. Like, one as well, like, what always, like, well, no, what always was always the first time I've seen it, but what caught me off guard was, like, you got the whole scenes where, like, the. Like the head of the like the Japanese like battalion. Oh yeah, like sacrificing himself sort of thing. When I where the more on the brink of surrendering. Yeah, like stabs himself in the stomach, and his pal just fucking like takes his head off with a samurai sword. Exactly. But you get the whole false white flag surrender bit. I know well, it was it was a horrible one because you you could see they tell you themselves the Japanese soldiers like they're crazy. It's like they want to die. Like the 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 survivors of the. The group that went up the ridge the first time we're talking about nah like it just gives the American soldiers the fear the fact that mm. they just run at them screaming wanting to stab them and doesn't matter if they kill themselves and you see it a lot they go fucking kamikaze with the grenades yeah. there's a great moment where Sam Worthington he has like a kamikaze fucking soldier ah, and he, throws and he on pins him down ah. on top of it and he manages to fucking blow himself fucking across the field. But I always kind of wonder if like that actually like would stop you from being injured. The human shields. Yeah. Because part of me would think it would blow through him, like the human shield, and then Sam Worthington too. Yeah. Because his character looked unharmed. So I was kind of expecting like one of them to at least like, like lose die. a hand or. Yeah. He I mean, like when I first, I always figured like when I was watching it. I didn't picture like Sam Worthington actually be like on the in, battlefield. Yeah, I always thought of him just cosy in the fucking office. Yeah, that's it. But aye, when you're saying like the false surrender with the white flags, and then it's like, how did no one notice they were holding grenades in their hands? Aye. And it was it. Well, it's maybe what looks like the most far fetched moment of the film where Dawes manages to deflect two grenades. Aye, one with his hand and then he kicks the other one. Aye, and it kind of blows him back into like a flying kick. But, it is, it has to be a, I think they're saying like a, it's a true story. And from what I've, I've read, supposedly it's as close as they can get to like a true story. They, they probably yeah. didn't, make up a lot of fictional aspects of the film to make it more entertaining, but the the only thing I could think about talking about now is where it's it's that moment where he starts saving everyone. Aye. Which is an impressive fucking montage where all the troops have pulled out because it's like they caught them off guard the next morning. Where they just fucking flooded them through the underground tunnels and actually a chilling moment where you have Dawes and Smitty sitting in the trenches and they think they're being crept up on. Oh, and it's just the rats. The rats are coming out for their tea, just sitting chewing on all the bodies in the battlefield and you're just like, uh. like probably a, a, like an aspect of war you would forget about. It's like, what happens to the bodies? Oh, well, 
the mice come out and eat them. Yeah. So that was a like a a broken moment, but yeah. I mean, it's quite it was quite an interesting way in for him to get the bodies done, like the original using like the oh, the, was it a bow knot or something? Aye. And Vince Vaughn was taking the piss and it was like we were making bow knots, not braziers, because fucking Dawes's was huge. Aye. But I love how that came full circle, and when it came time to save Vince Vaughn's character, you see him tying the bow knot and says, "Oh, not the fucking, not the brazier." <laughs> um, and then you get that other like scene where um, one of his like pals is like alive, basically like, like half covered in dirt and stuff in the tanks. Yes, the tanks, no, right? the soldiers were sitting, going around like stabbing all the, the corpses. Yeah, just to make sure everybody's dead. Aye, because that's there's an occasional every once in a while somebody springs up like an American yeah. springs up and shoots the Japanese and then they're fucking instantly killed. Yeah. Aye, that was a great fucking tense moment where Dawes had to think fast, buries the boy to the point where there's only a fucking eyeball. Yeah. In the dirt, and then he does the old I'll just have a human shield like have a dead body on top of me. Yeah. And, and it's when he sits him with the the bayonet and it like. Goes through the body a bit and misses like Andrew Garfield's like fucking yeah like kidneys or fucking liver or anything. Eh? Aye, part of me was expecting him to fucking plunge it into the chest and then pull it out, walk away, and Dawes check himself and only find it to be saved by the good book. Thankfully, it wasn't that heavy-handed. Yeah, because I was ex- I was expecting it because like he puts a lot of faith in God, so I wouldn't he be surprised if they do the, the old there's something in my pocket that saved me for being killed. Yeah, like you see, like folk getting shot, and it's like a fucking pendant oh, or something. That, exactly, that stopped the bullet. Oh, or something. my grandfather's watch or my fucking hip flask, and yeah, it's a common trope, but they never went for it. Yeah, but it was uh, when he starts doing his wee pulley system, where he get the the rope around his back and he's sitting lowering people down, and you've just got that shot of two soldiers that have been told to fucking stay there, shut up, and you just see like a wee legless dude being lowered down in the background. And they're like, holy shit! And they start bringing them through. And you get that shot where they, they're approaching a doctor and he's like, what's going on? Like, I don't know. Someone's fucking lowering them down. They even brought in a couple of Japanese. And they make that comment saying, but they never made it. Yeah. It's like, whilst Dawes was still being a fucking good saint, the Americans are like, oh, let's bat the fuck out of this nip. Uh. <laughs> and just start fucking clubbing with guns. But it was good because it, when they eventually realised it was Dawes, like, it was... To the point where like, I think he lowered down Hollywood and he was like he was the only one that was awake or from his team to actually recognise it and start saying, No, it was just Dawes on his own, it's up there himself. Fucking saving everyone. Mm. And it's a fucking impressive figure mm. when they're saying seventy five people. Yeah. Well when I was looking through like all the trivia notes it's no completely accurate what not like nobody seems to know what the actual like proper number is right. They've, it's just kind of like common agreement that it's gonna be seventy five. Some people are saying that it's fifty. Some people are saying it's well at a hundred. Aye. And uh, but like even he said they couldn't really like put a number on it and stuff. So they kind of say seventy five. Yeah. Just but, to break even between fifty and a hundred. Yeah. And it was it's a good montage and it's like it's quite rewarding to see him do this. But I just wish he'd stop saying just one more. Just one more. I was like, okay, we get it. We're go- you're going back for more. Lord, let me just get one more. I was like, okay. Kind of reminds me of the fucking, what do you call it? The bit in the Forrest Gump when they get those ambushed. 
and he starts running through the I gotta get, jungle and like, I, yeah, Bubba. Uh, right. I'm gonna get Bubba, and he just he finds everybody but Bubba. Exactly, and then fucking Lieutenant Dan with his new legs. Exactly. I uh, I actually thought Vince Vaughn was up for that feat when he got the fucking machine uh, gun across the legs. Yeah. I liked how they had a wee moment where he picks up the fucking gun and he's like, Dawes, it's the wrong time to fucking pick up, like, lend your fucking rifle training now. And he's like, no, no. And he wraps him in the blanket and drags him all across the battlefield on it. And that was like a wee moment where it's like, it looked very Hollywood-esque where he's pulling him and Vince Vaughn's sitting on the back oh, with his dead legs, yeah. machine gun in Japanese. <laughs> I was like, okay, fair enough. I wonder how, like, completely accurate that is. Yeah. And as soon as he's got him fucking tied, he just launches him over the edge of the ridge. And he's like, I've never liked you. Kick. <laughs> and even the moment where Dawes throws himself down, he uses the fucking body of Smitty. Yeah. He didn't want to leave his fucking pal behind. And I mean, that's the other, like, fucking, like, age-old trope in war forms. And there's always one... Like part and, of the battalion that's like closer than another, and they're always going to die. Yeah, because that's it. They're best friends, and then he takes like three shots across the fucking chest, and he's like, gives him his morphine. He's like, no, no, and he's scared, and he's like, oh, you'll live. By the time he gets him to the fucking ridge, he's gone, mm. and it's just like, oh. they were just becoming good pals. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think there's much else to talk. No. I mean. Who would you say steals the film? I mean, it's obviously going to be Andrew Garfield because it is. The story is about like Desmond Dossie, so there's yeah. no going to there's no going to be anybody else stealing it. Mm-hmm. I, I I would say Vince Vaughn has a good good part, but it is I would say it's it's geared on Andrew Garfield, yeah. and he's he's come a long way for being uh, Peter Parker, right? Exactly, like he's. He's sort of grown as an actor, and he's he ends up doing these far more. Yeah. But fucking... the last bit on my note actually um, was the one time I never touched on was that um, obviously when I'm being like a Christian or whatever. Yeah. Like Sundays for church, and it's a bit of them where they go back up the next day. Aye. And they're kind of like they're getting like the radio chat, like why you didn't know up there yet, and like they're waiting on Doss fucking praying. Aye. And I thought that was a pretty good touch. Yes, aye, because that was it. They. By this point, he's saved like seventy-five people. Of course, this man's got God on his side, and at that point, everyone's fucking believing. So, if they have fucking doors by their side, they'll fucking right say your prayers. We'll just wait, because that was it. The the fucking chief in the tent was not having any of it. But even Sam Worthington was convinced. Did uh. not no, Dawes gets his time. We're waiting till he's ready. And it is. It's just as we shot of him standing at the side holding the good book, kind of doing as we pray. Yeah. But aye, Andrew Garfield I feel has really kinda sort of flourished as an actor. Yeah. I've still not seen silence. I, I I'm really looking out to try and find a copy of it on Blu ray. Uh, I'm Just, the same. And I want it to be like like that like that kind of price, so like maybe a five is maybe the most yeah. I'll go. Aye, find it in like a three for thirty or uh, it is, it's, and it probably is around that one, but you just never see it. Like if you're looking nah. at like a CEX, there's nobody selling it. No, nah. and, and so I think because I got like the three hour runtime, it kind of puts me off slightly. I mean, like yeah. less, like going back to when you when you reviewed it last year for Scorsese season, like 
you gave me an emphasis that I really want to say it the same way, Aviator, because that's where I went and bought the Aviator and stuff. Aye. But yeah, he seems I'm intrigued to, be... to see it, but because it's kind of a slow burn, I'm kind of... Aye. But again, there are forms that I do want to see, but it's just the runtime that kind of puts me off a wee bit. You need to find like, that an afternoon for it. Aye. Like, obviously, like we're talking about like that, uh, Triple Frontier, I'm going to wait and watch that the morning night after work. I'm not going to go in the night and chuck it on because I'll probably fall asleep within 20 minutes. Exactly. I'd rather just sit and watch it. It's probably like, going to be two, through, two, two hours. hours. Right, two yeah, hours. yeah. So, I feel the last film I've seen Andrew Garfield in was that is Under the Silver Lake. And you were talking about that. That was a fucking a far out film. Like, it was from the, the director of It Follows. Yeah. That was there. Again, as I know, it got like a two and a half hour runtime. It that. is a long film and it gets fucking crazy at one point. Like, someone's skull gets caved in. Uh. And I feel, you know how we had Inherent Vice a couple of years ago? Like, this is Andrew Garfield's sort of Inherent Vice where he's uh. kind of a half-baked detective where, to be honest, he's, he's just trying to find a missing dog because he fancies the owner. And he just gets caught up in something so much deeper. Like his wee half-arse investigation. Because he yeah. spends his day getting stoned, watching his neighbour sunbathe in the nude. And yeah. eventually he's caught in all these fucking conspiracy theories. And it's an interesting watch. And he's really good in it. But it's a film where folk, by the end of it, he's like, did I enjoy that? Yeah. Was that a good film? But it's one of those ones that will stick in your head for a few days. Like you're just trying to figure it out. Yeah, but I don't care if that's if that's actually on Blu-ray at the moment or not, or if it's just streaming. But yeah, aye. Um, right. So rewatchability. I'm just gonna give you a bit of rewatchability. To it. I think it's a film I'd probably go back and watch, watch again at some point. Aye, I couldn't see myself sitting down. Right now and watching again because it is a good two twenty. Yeah, about that. So I would. I and mean, because it's obviously kind of because you get the whole start of like the first half films like him childhood, childhood first love him going like into like joining the army, yeah. going into the barracks and like being like court martial. There's kind of there's a lot to kind of take in in the first hour. Then the last hours like obviously being like, on the battlefield. Yeah, and. I have probably maybe a bit the time Vince Vaughn shows up like when they're in the barracks like that's where the film gets a little bit lighter and yeah. you kind of see some more of a struggle so I it'd be one of these ones if it was on the telly I would probably watch the last half of it now uh, if there's no other notes I would say time for the, the old uh, BBT yeah Um. So the budget for this one was forty million dollars. All right, it's all right. It's yeah, it's ten less than I imagined. Yeah. Uh, would you reckon you reckon it made his money back? Nah, I would say forty million's quite, quite a light Hollywood budget. Yeah. Um, I would say all right. Let's fifty domestic. Uh, made. 67.2 million domestic. That's good. And it took in 108.9 worldwide. worldwide. Decent. I, I kind of predicted 50 and 100 worldwide. Yeah. Like, I was at 
I got him nominated for Best Picture as well. Aye. But never. I think it, it didn't. It maybe got technical awards, but I do think it. I don't even think it got anything. Aye. It, it's one of those ones where probably everyone gets a nod, but it doesn't. Yeah. Actually, pick I never up got anything. like any like writing awards or anything like screenplay awards under the something. radar. Aye. Yeah. Oh, well, that's it. There's always something that gets overlooked. Aye. Because that's even at the time so when twenty sixteen, so twenty seventeen, it would have been in the in nomination for. So that would have been would like be, your three billboards. Would it be that soon? Oh, oh no 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 no. 2017 would have been um, like Moonlight and La La Land and La stuff La like Land, that. yeah. Because if it wasn't that, it would have been like The Revenant or something, but it's probably closer to La La Land. Yeah. Um, uh, trivia is um, uh, the battlefield scenes took 19 days to shoot. Oof. You kind of just wonder if it's, when it says 19 days, if it means 19 full days or if it's just Overall, overall, tie those days, hours like, together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the film received a standing ovation, which lasted for nine minutes and forty-eight seconds at the Venice Film Festival. Fucking hell! There it is. Um, several shots of the Japanese soldiers charging was taken from a twenty eleven film called Battle of the Pacific. So like some of the scenes are like the soldiers charging with actually taken for that film. Ah, okay. And they kind of just spliced it in. That's a strange choice. Not enough mm. Japanese extras? Um, no idea. You know what, through watching like this film recently, it's got me in, in the interest to kind of watch all the other war films I've missed lately. Like, I really, I'm really interested in seeing the two Clint Eastwood films. Oh, uh, uh, Flags uh, of Our Fathers. And Iwo Jima. Yes, I... Is it sand? No, letters. Letters. letters is it like letters yeah. to or letters from? Because I feel it's like a film in two parts. It's sort of like the same war, but from each side. Yeah. It, when I've been browsing through charity shops, I keep finding uh, letters to Iwo Jima, not flags of our fathers, but I feel it's it's it probably needs to be like a double bill. Yeah, because I don't forget. No, actually... I saw it in a charity shop today and they had the double pack both of them together now this is a charity shop where all his DVDs are 50 pence and then you had Flags Are Father and letters to Iowa Jima in a box set and they wanted £3 for it what? and I was like there's two films like if you took away the cardboard sleeve it's two separate DVDs like that should be a pound and I would have bought it for a pound Sounds really cheap that I never bought for three pound, but I just know you could get fucking everywhere else for fucking. Like, I'm pretty sure even CEX sell each of them for fifty pence. So uh. I kind of just skipped. Like fair enough, if there were Blu-rays, I would have dropped three pound on them. But yeah. it's very strange, just charity shop pricing. But I, I think it's just through watching this that's kind of got me to what wanting to see more of the. The American and Japanese war movies. Hmm. So. Because that's it. It's not all fucking Nazis. You keep... I kind of forget that. Yeah. Because I, I never, like... I've also grown into film. I never knew that it was... Today with, like, Okinawa and stuff like that. Yeah. I thought it was just... Well, Hacksaw Ridge. You don't think Okinawa. You, 
It's just, it just sounds like a generic, almost American fucking landmark. So, yeah. Uh, want some one star reviews? Is there any? There's 23 out of uh, 1,968. That's a fucking shit ton of reviews, like. Aye. Uh, let's see, I've, I've bullet pointed four. So, a big miss from a usually decent Mel Gibson. Good story to be told, but the film made it a joke. Bad dialogue, bad acting, bad CGI. Make this almost unwatchable. A typical American take on World War. So, uh, our next one. DVD doesn't work. Got it as a gift for my granddad. He tried it on his and his friend's DVD player. It doesn't work. I bought it in July 2017 and he's only just got around to watching it due to an illness. And now there's nothing I can do except buy him another one. But I won't be repurchasing it from Amazon. Such a disappointment. That brother costs a quid. We just got a wee bit of that boy's life story. I know. Granddad overcame an illness. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least it wasn't like you like, oh, it doesn't work, that's it. Yeah, and I can't even return it because my granddad's ill. I was like, he was writing to Amazon, like, please accept my refund. Like, I want this back. The reason why it's outside of 30 days is because my granddad had an illness. Yeah. So, uh, our next one. Definitely a third-rate war film where the Americans once more triumph. I mean, the boy's been carried out on a stretcher at the ends. It wasn't a... Aye. It wasn't a story about, like, America's the winner. It was a story of this guy like, saving all his journey. People. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And our last one cries at Tropic Thunder Ridge. One of the funniest films I've seen in a while. The hand grenade drop kick at the end is worth the price of admission alone. <laughs> <laughs> So, aye. There, there's no a, a way to film that without making it think, look any more wild than it did. Where it's kind of like, hand slap, kick the ball. Try to think like with the whole, uh, like, Top of Thunder thing always reminds me of Danny McBride being the pyrotechnic guy. Yes. Uh, Nick Dolte is that, uh, was it, Sergeant Fourleaf? Aye. Table, is it, is it, is he got like knee hands or something? Ah, he blew his arms off or something. But, but yeah, actually fucking does. does. Yeah. Like that was him. That's that's the reason why he lost his hand because he fucking hand like back hand in a grenade. Exactly. So, uh, that was the one star reviews. Uh, obviously, we uh, so you could support us without spending any extra money than you normally do on Amazon. Next time on the Films and Swearing Movie Podcast, we gave our individual reviews to Twitter and we suggested that they post the what films they want us to watch. So we did a poll for Mikey, poll for me and a poll for Andy. Let's have a look at the results. Are you going on Twitter just now as well? Yeah, I was having a look. Open in the Twitter. So, I'll give these a wee repos, hoping I could get a couple extra. Okay. Mm, for Mikey. Mikey should review Warrior. 
That got 60% of the vote. And he should review a few dollars more. The Spaghetti Western, that won his vote. And for myself, ah, I got a few dollars more as well. But it was uh, three votes. Two went to a few dollars more and one went to Yo Jimbo. Yeah, Andrews was kind of almost the same. Two votes for a few dollars more and one for Warrior. Whereas my one got five votes. Yeah. I'm assuming three for Warrior, one for... Yeah. Alright, the fact that you got the majority for Warrior, you could take Warrior... The issue Andy is, he doesn't have a fucking DVD player or that nowadays. Yeah. A Blu-ray player, so he watches everything streaming or online. I know a few dollars more is streaming. So I'll give him that. I have a DVD of you, Jimbo. So I'll watch that. Cool. So I a few dollars more on Netflix. Said they've got the whole. I I think there's quite uh, a lot of spaghetti films. They've got Good, the Bad, and Ugly. I think they've got a fistful of dollars. I think they've got this, which that's the second one. Uh. So I so next week, Mikey will be watching the Tom Hardy MMA. Family Struggle. Oh, uh, yeah. Warrior. With, uh, with the Russian Kurt Angle. Yes, he was, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. I will be covering Akira Kurosawa's Yojimbo. And Andy will be tackling the Spaghetti Western for a few dollars more. So, other than that, follow us on social media at FAS Podcast for Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And fuck, other than that, that is us. Ladies and gentlemen. Fuck off and tune in next week.